Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. If you're a longtime listener of the show, then you are aware that my whole goal in starting this podcast was to expose myself, and therefore all of you who get to join in and listen, to different ideas. I strongly believe that success leaves clues. So I like to talk to successful people about what got them into entrepreneurship, how they built their companies, uh, advice they have for other people who want to follow along that path. And uh, today's show is going to be awesome. I'm really excited about who we have today. But before we get started, I got to thank one of the sponsors of this episode. So if you listen all the time, you know that my show is sponsored by my friends at Amplifier. Now, many of you, you have products that you ship to your fans and your customers, but dealing with all that physical stuff, man, that can be a pain and it steals your precious time if you have to go to the post office every day. Well, Amplifier blends order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-service platform that you totally control. And they are the ones behind my Try New Things, period t-shirts. So many of you have bought these Try New Things shirts and uh, Amplifier takes care of the printing and the shipping for me. I don't do anything. So uh, go buy a shirt today at trynewthings.shop and Amplifier will take care of it. You'll see how seamless it is. Uh, They integrate with your e-commerce shop and they also can help you drive giveaway campaigns. They're great for big internet powerhouse companies, but also small entrepreneurs like me or people just starting out because on demand means no inventory. But as you grow, you can stock up on inventory, and Amplifier can take care of all that for you in their warehouse. Jump over to Amplifier.com slash cool things and sign up to work with them today. They're fantastic. Hey, speaking of today, you know when you're driving along and you see those billboards, or maybe you have a whole bunch of stuff in your garage and your neighbor says, I got a company for you that'll take care of all that crap. You've all heard of 1-800-GOT-JUNK? That 1-800-GOT-JUNK, that company was started by a guy named Brian Scudamore. And Brian is my guest today on the show. Now, what's cool about Brian is he didn't graduate college, but so what? A lot of entrepreneurs didn't. But he didn't graduate high school. And now the guy's written books. He's one of the most talked about CEOs around. And he is here with us on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. Totally pumped to be here, Tom. Thanks for having me. And uh, it was quite the introduction. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't like to read bios, right? So I just like to throw out a few facts about people. And then what I'd like for you to do is kind of fill us in a little bit because, I mean, very few people become really successful, I think, who, you know, don't finish high school. What's your backstory? Where, how did how did you start off? What What's the, the what's the story of Brian? Yeah, so I I always had, I think, an entrepreneurial bug. Um, You mentioned that I wrote a book and I dedicated the book to my grandmother and grandfather in San Francisco, who have both since passed. But I remember when my grandparents started an army surplus store and it was a little business in a shady area of town. But I used to go in there and just have so much fun working the till, helping customers, stocking inventory. And it just gave me a passion for entrepreneurship. And I think I was never able to let that bug go. And during high school, during elementary school and college, whatever, I always felt 
I was very ADD, which that hasn't gone away and I lose focus constantly. I'm sure it'll happen on this podcast. But what happened is I, I sat in school and I was just always bored. I love to learn. I, I love to ask questions, but you know, teachers wouldn't want me asking questions and uh, I would be disruptive and, and I would be called a disruptor, but not in the good way that I'm often called a disruptor today. <laughs> so there I was, didn't finish high school. I was one course short of graduation. All my friends were going to college and I had this sort of FOMO fear of missing out. And I thought, oh, I better go to college. I better find a way. My parents weren't going to fund my education because it wouldn't have been a a good return on investment. They were smart. (laughs) And so I got out there and had to create my own uh, income. And I found a pickup truck and a beat up old old pickup truck I saw in front of me in the McDonald's drive-thru in Vancouver. And I looked at the truck filled with junk and I'm like, ah, there's my ticket. 700 bucks, bought a truck, started hauling junk. And uh, it, what funded my, my college education quickly inspired me to drop out again because I thought I'm learning more about business running one more so than I am studying in textbooks. So you were, you were like a, a freckle-faced, fresh-faced kid and you started hauling junk and, and here we are years later and you're still the guy who hauls junk. Yeah, you know, I started a company almost 30 years ago. It'll be 30 years this March. And what I, I, I got into the business by accident, but I think what often happens is entrepreneurs or people that want to start businesses spend so much time looking for an idea. My, my feeling is just start something. Buy a truck, haul junk, and before you know it, you find you're thinking about a better way to do things. Instead of trying to catch lightning in a bottle and coming up with this next great app and new idea, just start something. Get out there and find something to start. And what you'll do is you'll find before you know it, the business you've started, you need to pivot. You need to learn and make changes. If you look at Amazon, I mean, what Amazon started and Jeff Bezos first created, just books online. I mean, most of what they sell today is not books. So businesses change, people change, start something and pivot as you go. You know, I think that's really, really good advice. I have a daughter who is about to graduate from Carnegie Mellon, and she's looking at, you know, a lot of different ideas, at least at the time that we recorded this. She may have made up her mind by the time this airs, but but she's been looking around at different ideas. And I said, you know, it's not what do you want to do with your life? It's what do you want to do first? And I learned that from a woman named Dr. Debbie Gilboa, who's been a guest on this show a couple of times. And it's really smart. Debbie says the mistake we make is we ask these young adults, what do you want to do? And they feel like they have to pick a lane they're going to be in forever. So I keep reminding my daughter, what do you want to do first? And if you if you buy a franchise or you start a business or you become a, a fitness coach or, or whatever it is, if it doesn't work, your life's not over. You're 21. You know, you've got a lot of chances to either pivot what you're doing or entirely go somewhere else. So uh, I'm, I'm, my only regret in my life is that I didn't start as young as you did. Yeah. And I think, you know, everyone starts somewhere and it doesn't matter at what age. We're all on a journey called life. And one of the things I talk about in my book is that when you're going down a fork, if you've taken the wrong fork, retreat back and try the other fork. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty in life is we get to make these decisions and choices and we get to retreat and try again if we fail. And so someone starting a business, again, I think people put pressure on themselves just as you and I've been talking, I mean, to, to, to get it right the first time. It just doesn't work that way. That's not life. You know, success without uh, some of these failures along the way, it would just be a hollow victory. So why not just pick something and do it? 
and learn along the way and tweak things. You know, someone comes up with an idea to haul junk and pay for college. It grows into a $310 million business today because we were able to fail and learn repeatedly. Well, and I, I had breakfast with an entrepreneur this morning, and we were talking about sort of people who are young and ambitious, who maybe struggled with a couple of classes in college, who maybe failed a class or, or got a D or whatever. And he said, I would rather hire a really hungry, really ambitious person out of college who biffed a couple of classes and then recovered, either took them again or whatever, than somebody who just sailed through as a straight A student. He goes, because some of those people, you know, they just have that type of aptitude but they don't know what it's like to have to be in the trenches and actually, you know, struggle with something. And he said, he goes, he goes, you know, I, I like people who have had some struggle along the way, especially when they're young and inexperienced. I want them to have bounced at least once. Yeah. You know, you need some war wounds. You need to be able to have experience and tell stories and, and inspire others. And so failure is okay. I mean, the title of my book, WTF, Willing to Fail. Uh, it, it's oh, kind of I a funny it, title. I thought it stood for something else. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's kind of a funny title because you, you know, when you're in those moments of failure, sometimes you're you're thinking of the other WTF. <laughs> but what I try and inspire myself to do, remind myself to do, is when I'm failing, just remember that it's okay. I, I try and actually ask myself one question: What is something possibly better that's going to come from this failure? And somehow I I, I always find something. And sometimes it's not what actually uh, was the better thing, but something better always comes from that moment. So Brian, how did you go from, you know, this young guy who was hauling junk in the back of an old truck to having this, you know, multi, you know, million dollar company that has grown all over at, at least North America. You might be all over the world for all I know. How, how have you done that? Yeah, we're Canada, US, Australia. And we also then grew 22 years after starting 1-800-GOT-JUNK. We got into other brands. We took our specialty of building franchise partners and developing them and helping people live the American dream by starting a business. We uh, ran call centers. We do the booking and dispatch for our partners. And we expanded into other home services like Shack Shine, where we do windows and gutters or Wow and Day Painting, where we paint people's homes in a day. But the, the taking it back to how, do, how did I do that? You know, my answer is these overnight success stories sure take a long time is what someone uh, much smarter than me once said. And, and they're right because it does take a long time. It took us eight years to get to a million in revenue for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. We do a million in revenue on a given day uh, today. Wow. So it just shows you that, you know, eight years, that's a long time. That's slow growth. But then you build on the momentum and you build on all the lessons you've learned where things start to accelerate if you continue to make some good decisions. Well, I've been living a little bit of that overnight success taking 10 years uh, analogy because I've been working, I make my living as a professional speaker, master of ceremonies, and I've been successful at it the whole 10 years. But then last year, I introduced a new topic called the paradox of potential. And it, I'd been speaking at mainly like association conferences or large events uh, with what I was doing before, but the paradox of potential has lent itself to be like a team training program when people have like a team meeting for their employees. And so all of a sudden this whole new market opened up for me. And all of a sudden everybody's like, wow, you're doing all this stuff inside like real estate companies and law firms and all this different stuff. And <clears throat> people think I just came from nowhere. And it's like, eh, that's not really the way it <laughs> happened. It took me about a decade to get to here. Absolutely. And, and that's okay. Right. You know, I think that people get out there and they want 
and we are in this type of society right now where everything can is instant uh, everything is instant gratification right you know you post a photo on instagram you want a thousand likes in an instant you know everyone wants these things that make them feel good but the feel good part in my mind is the journey it's day by day going through the good stuff the hard stuff uh, the exciting stuff and just enjoying that journey and being present in those moments so that you can feel good about the success once you get there and how you got there. And I spent most of my youth kind of trying to do what society wanted me to do, right? I probably had this entrepreneurial bug, but I was I was kind of a people pleaser. My parents wanted me to go to college and get a normal job. And you know, I ended up going into sales and marketing. And I, for 20 years, I had my ladder against the wrong wall. And while I was successful at it, I don't think I was ever fulfilled. And when I turned, I started doing this, the, the speaking and training thing uh, in my 40s. But when I turned 50 a couple years ago, I made a decision that I was going to make age 50 to 75 the best years of my life, both in my personal life and in my business. And I started mm. looking for ways to say yes to things rather than trying to conform to what I thought everybody else wanted me to do. And it's totally changed everything. Uh, for the better. And I, and I think that the one thing I've learned is, is that the fun is really in the journey. It is, it is in that journey. People say, well, what are you going to do when you turn 75? I'm like, that'll be a new journey. Let me have this right. 25 year. All these people are like, well, your dad lived to be 99. You're talking about 50 to 75. And I'm like, well, for God's sake, I'm only 52. You know, mm. I, I still got 23 years on this mission. Let me, let me let this be the best years of my life. And then we'll figure out what to do with the last quartile. That's amazing. Well, that's inspiring. I, uh, I love that because I am about a year behind you uh, or a year behind the 50 mark. And once I get there, I'm going to steal and adopt that idea because what a great inspirational philosophy of making the 50 to 75 the, 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 best, uh, the best quarter yet. Yeah, and uh, I love that. And what I had a pretty awesome good idea. I had a pretty good life. I had, you know, I had a good upbringing. I, I was in a fraternity in college. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I got married at twenty five. We've had a good run, you know, with that. We raised some good kids. So each of the first two quarters, you know, were full mm -hmm. of good things. And so people are like, well, like my daughter said to me, she goes, "What about twenty five to 50? And I said, "I was raising you. That was hard. You know, come on. <laughs> that was about you. Now it's about your mom and yeah. I. Now it's about the we're having some fun." Um, so what do you love? I mean, obviously this has been your calling since you were a kid in your grandparents' storefront, but what do you love about the life of being an entrepreneur? Yeah. What drives me more than anything else, you know, my, my why, as people might call it, is just helping others see big possibilities for themselves, for the business, for their life and encouraging them to, to chase those dreams. So entrepreneurship is, is one vehicle. But I just love inspiring big ideas. I love watching people in our business become better people, better leaders. It, it's, it's a growth thing for me. It's never been about the money. Um, of course, people need enough money for the freedom to do the things they want to do and take care of their family and, and money is important. But it isn't really about, I'm not a financially motivated person. I drive a little Toyota pickup truck. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't own boats and things. I, I just, I love my life. I love my family. And I really, really love watching the people and our franchise owners grow and build things together. We, we came up with this philosophy or I came up with it years ago. I said, bigger and better together. Hmm. We really had this just feeling of let's build something bigger and better together versus what any one of us would have ever chosen to do alone. And so my work lines and my play lines are blurred. You know, I, I really, when I'm at work, feel like I'm playing. 
And uh, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a wonderful life to have. I feel very blessed. I totally relate to that. When I get the chance to, to speak at like a conference and I get to hang out with the people and I know that they liked what I did, I, I, I will call my wife or I'll call my, my best friend and I'll say, I get to do this and they pay me. You know, don't tell anybody I'd do it for free because this is awesome. So I, right. I, I get it when you finally find that groove and you can say that work is play and play is work. Uh, I, I get it. So what advice do you have then? For people who are excited about what we're talking about, they go, I want a life like these guys have. You know, I want to grow something. I want to do my own thing. What advice do you have for people? Maybe it's your franchisees. Maybe it's a family friend whose son or daughter comes to you and says, I don't want to do the traditional thing. I want to start my own. What do you have to say to people? Yeah, you know, it's it's really understand the why behind whatever goal you have. And so back to the money side for a second, you know, I, I did a podcast recently in this, this, the person running the podcast was saying that their audience all wants to be millionaires. Hmm. And I said, well, why do they want to be millionaires? Why, why does anyone want to be a millionaire? It makes it sound like a shallow goal. It makes it sound like it's all about money. Great. They can have a big home, fancy cars. Why is that important? What really drives you? Because if you've got a goal that's hollow, it doesn't, you know, you don't chase it the right way. It doesn't become meaningful enough. You know, my belief is I'm driven by making meaning versus making money. Again, I'm in the business world. We we do need to make money to continue to grow the business and take care of our people and then take care of their families. But really, my my advice is if you're going to do something, understand why it's important. What's the real deep meaning? And an exercise I love to do, and it's always fun to get someone else to ask you this question, is you start talking about a goal and what it means to you. And you just get someone to say, but why, but why? And you keep taking layers. It's like layers of the onion, just getting at that. I want to be a millionaire. Why? Well, I, you know, I want to be able to have a nice house. Why? I want it to be big enough that I can entertain my friends and hang out and have a place to gather and socialize and, and have my kids there and play together. I mean, you just got to sort of get to the depth of what really matters because then once you connect with that, that's where it doesn't feel like work anymore. Mm. It feels like play because you're playing towards your own success. And I, I love that part about, you know, someone saying, oh, you know, everybody listens to my show wants to be rich. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I would like to have more money than I do. And I've never had, I've never had the types of, you know, million dollar years that some of my peers have and things like that. But at the same time, that's not ever been what motivated me. And when you said that, I was like, I, you gave me permission to just go out and do what I do because it's, I don't have to, I don't have to do that. Someone, so I, I was at a conference and one of the other speakers was kind of these like get rich quick kind of, you know, speakers. And, and he was a really good presenter. And usually these people who are like selling all their stuff back of the room, aren't my cup of tea, but he was a yeah. great speaker. And I went up to him and I said, you're really good. And he told me he had researched me and he said, you're, you're, he goes, you're fantastic, but you're not selling product at the back of the room. He goes, you have some books or whatever, but you're not, you're not selling these programs. And I'm like, well, that's not what I, it's not, it doesn't interest me. And he goes, yeah, but look at how much you could make. And he was pointing out how I was paid a fee and he wasn't, and he made more cause he sold all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but this is what I do, right? This is what I like to do. And he, he said to me something that was interesting and he's like, yeah, but you could make a million dollars a year. And I go, okay. And he goes, and then he kept pushing me and, and the, eventually he said, but what about the legacy you leave your children? 
And I looked him in the eye and I go, oh, I've got that taken care of. I've left a legacy for mm -hmm. my children. And all of a sudden he changed his domain or his, his, his thinking because he thought, well, maybe this guy invested in real estate and owns like 40 apartment buildings or, or maybe he's, you know, one of the original employees of Dell computer or something like that. So he sort of mm -hmm. backed off and he's like, oh, what's that? And I go, I'm a freaking great dad. And we could call either one of my kids right now and they would tell you that. Wow. And the guy looked at me like, whatever, you don't understand. And I called both of my daughters and I said, there it is. I may not leave you very much money, but that, and both of them said, yeah, that's right. You and mom, you and mom are great parents. And you know, mm. that is the better legacy. And so, yeah, I'm still out there trying to slog away and make more money. But I, I, I felt like I, that conversation and then what you said kind of gave me permission to just be me and enjoy it. So thank you for that. No, that's awesome. And and speaking of allowing people to, you know, to have permission to be me, you know, one of the things with my kids, I've got three uh, young children, and we've never talked once about what they want to be when they grow up. Um, I, you know, it isn't about making money. It isn't about anything other than just, I want my kids to understand what happiness is and what their purpose is. So my role as a parent, I also think like you, which is, uh, you know, I feel like I'm a great dad. And I love just opening their minds to new experiences. We went on a charity mission trip where we went to Kenya and helped build a school. We went to India and did something very similar. And I feel my role as a parent is to, and, and even as an employer, is to open people's minds to new opportunities and let them find their path, encourage them on their path, and, and not think about, you know, as kids, what you want to be but think of how you want to be and think of the values that, you know, our kids get from us as dads, you know, that's the legacy hundred percent. Right. Yep. You know, I do not want to be an entrepreneur at the end of my days, giving my, my money to my family to have them not earn happiness themselves. I want them to get out there and, and figure out what their life's mission is and, and not just have things given to them. I mean, that it's, again, it's back to the journey and really loving what you do and how you do it. I think that's great. Hey, I, I always ask everyone who comes on the show because my work is around what I call the paradox of potential. So I'm, I'm really focused on this gap that exists between the potential people and teams believe that they have and the results that they get. So in your years of entrepreneurship, I, I know you've been around, you've been around a lot of other people who've started and grown businesses, and you've seen a lot of people who've started businesses that maybe haven't grown the way they thought they would. What do you think the difference is? What's that delta between potential and results? How come some people go way far across the gap and some people just fall into the abyss? Yeah, it's a complicated set of answers, I'm sure. If I think of my own experience and what I've seen and what might stand out, I think a couple of things. I think that people who've been wildly successful by their own definitions or society's definitions, whatever it might be, they, they've had a vision. They've had a picture of where they're going. Now, they might not know how to get there, and that's great, but they know where they're going, and they know they will get there. So they believe in themselves, even if they don't on certain days, that's okay, but they have a vision of what it looks like and where they're going, and each and every day, they've got a reason to get up. They've got a reason to get out of bed and pursue that success, where others, I think, might have either unclear goals, they're fuzzy, they're shallow, they're too money-related. And they end up uh, giving up when it, when the going gets tough. You know, I had my business uh, five years into the business when I fired my entire company because I had the wrong people and needed to start again. I got rid of all 11 people. That stuff hurts. Mm. I should have given up the day <laughs> I got rid of everybody. 
but it took me months to rebuild because I understood what drove me and what brought me fulfillment. Um, thank you. I, uh, that's, that's a great answer though, because I think I believe that too. You've got to, you got to know what success looks like, or you won't know if it sits down next to you. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and having a vision, I mean, where that came from, for me, I was a million in revenue, eight years into the business. I joined the entrepreneur organization. Big fan. Of, became, I'm a big fan of EO. Oh, it's so awesome. So good. My business wouldn't be a 10th of what it was if, uh, today, if it wasn't for that group. So that became my support network, but a mistake I made, a WTF failure moment was I start, I joined at 26 years old. I had a million in revenue and I started comparing myself to others. I saw that people had $10 million businesses, a hundred million sexier businesses than junk removal. And I was just like, man, I don't know if I, if I got what it takes. High school dropout. I don't have the brains, the money, the whole bit. And so I learned in EO that when you're trying to solve a creative problem, you take a retreat. And I retreated to my parents' little summer cottage that they had on the water. And I sat there with a sheet of paper, one page, double-sided. I ended up filling it with what I ended up calling my painted picture. It's what the future would look like. We'd be in the top 30 metros in North America by the end of 2003, which was five years out. We'd be the FedEx of junk removal. Mm. We'd be on the Oprah Winfrey show. And I started dreaming big. And it took me out of my funk, my comparing to others, and realized, wow, I had a bigger, better vision than I could have ever imagined. And now it was sharing that vision with the world, my world my friends and family and employees, and it separated people into two camps. One group who said, whoa, Brian, you're smoking some hope dope here. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> or another group of people who said, wow, this is inspiring. This is compelling. I want to be a part. And they came, became a part of it, and we started building it together. So you know, it, it's having a vision, I think, is the biggest difference between why someone is successful, why someone isn't, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. you got to know what the destination looks like. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So, Brian, I got a couple more questions for you before I let you go. But first, sure, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and grow and interviewing really cool people like Brian Scudamore. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So, Brian, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. What's the coolest thing you're doing with your business or in your life right now? Yeah, I think from a business perspective, what I'm excited about right now is a couple of months ago, November, I released my first book. Oh, and for someone who's so ADD, who has trouble reading books, my, my wife is a voracious reader. I'm a voracious book buyer. I love <laughs> to buy books. They sit on shelves and I find it hard to get into them. Uh, but I do love to, to write. And it was interesting. I um, I know you're in Austin, and one of our uh, mutual friends there, Roy H. Williams, the Wizard of Ads. The Wizard of Ads. He, he does all our radio creative, and he kept pushing me to write a book. And I said, Roy, my ego doesn't need a book. I don't need that to be left behind and, and be able to say, hey, I'm an author. 
And he said, no, 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 you don't understand. I keep bugging you about this because it's not about you. It's about the difference it will make sharing messages of lessons that you and your teams have learned along the way. It will inspire others, not just in business, but in life. You need to write the book. So uh, we, we sat down together and uh, we made the book happen. That's awesome. And he made it easy. He interviewed me. We recorded it all. We really finessed it and put it together and released it on Amazon. And uh, what I think is cool when you ask the question, what's cool? is I had no idea the feedback I was going to get. I had a video testimonial from a nine-year-old kid who told me what he learned. I have an 89-year-old testimonial, a guy on a plane who was reading it, who took a picture and was blown away by the book. So from nine to 89, I feel like I'm making a difference to a big group. That's great. Well, maybe someone listening will give it to an eight-year-old or a 90-year-old, and we can extend that out just a little bit. There we go. I love it. So... I always like to ask the people who come on this show, I love to ask them just straight out, who is it out there that you admire? Because we could talk about Brian and 1-800-GOT-JUNK and all your other companies all day long, and that's what a lot of people like to do. But I think it's cool to look inside the mind of an entrepreneur and see when they look into the world of entrepreneurship, out into the entrepreneurosphere, who do you look at where you say, wow, she or he, they're doing something cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. I've been asked it before, and I always struggle with naming a name. And, and here's why. You know, I've been fortunate to, to get to meet a lot of great entrepreneurs. Uh, Fred DeLuca, who has since passed on, but he was the founder of Subway. You know, we used to spend time together. He'd come into my business. I loved his energy. Um, all sorts of other entrepreneurs. Robert Herjavec, who, you know, oh, yeah. uh, is on the Dragon's Den, Shark Tank. You know, so I've met some really cool people. But when I get to know people, what I admire about even those two individuals or anyone else I've met is vulnerability, is being real, is being able to drop the guard and say, okay, you know what? Yeah, I might have my private plane, but man, life's hard right now. Here's what's going on. and just going through a divorce, blah, 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 whatever it is. I think I admire more than any name brand person. I admire people I meet that I sit down with and I get to hear their story and somehow there's a connection just as a human being where I'm able to say, wow, that's a really interesting story. And wow, that's hard. And wow, what did you learn from that? So I admire people that can just be real, you know, instead of people hiding behind the things or the success, you know, the people that you meet when you, when you ask them how they're doing and they're like, I'm awesome. You know, <laughs> they say the same thing every single time, but you know, they're not always right. feeling that way. Sure. No, that's, I, I know. Cause I'm one of those people who always used to be like, Oh, everything's great. And now, you know, my answer is, you know, usually pretty honest and usually it is pretty great, but if it's not, I'll let people yeah. know I had a rough year. 2000, 2017 was a huge positive year for me in business. 2018 was really kind of good, but it wasn't as good as 2017. And I had peers come to me cause I did some podcasts early in the year where I talked about the fact that I struggled a little in 18 and I had people come going, no, you won't get hired because people will be like, oh, he's flailing. Da, 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 da. I had just the opposite. People would listen to the show and go, thank you for being honest. You know, come mm -hmm. talk to my team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody thought, oh, if you admit that you've, you've had a chunk in the armor, a chink in the armor, you're not going to get hired. And I actually found I got business because I was open about just being true. Mm -hmm. And we live in a world right now where, you know, with social media, Nobody's posting uh, photos of themselves lying in bed, taking a day off of work because they feel so crappy. Yeah, right. You know, right. it's always or, these, these or I just lost everything's perfect. I yeah. just lost this sale and a little frowny face. It's like usually it's like people with the contract. Woo exactly. So it's interesting. Like, how do we as as humans be more real? 
And um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time we're in, but uh, that's how I connect with people anyways. So the last question I ask everybody is all about what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because I firmly believe that we have to do more than just make money. I think that if we're, we're great, if we're, if we're fortunate and Let's face it. We're fortunate if we get to be entrepreneurs and we get to create stuff and serve people. I think we have to somehow do something for the greater good. So I always ask people, what do you do? So Brian, what do you do? Yeah, I think my personal give back beyond any sort of family charitable work that we do. I think one of my own give backs that I feel good about is people reach out to me and they say, you know, you know, franchising, you know, culture, you know, this, do you mind if I pick your brains? And I really try not to say no to people. I really try to squeeze in those calls on the phone while I'm driving or whenever I possibly can to help share anything I've learned along my journey with others. And so giving expertise, giving time, giving an ear uh, is probably what I do most. Nice. You know, I, I've, I've got to drive this afternoon and I've got, you know, I think already five calls scheduled. It's a, a longer drive, but <laughs> you know, I love doing that stuff because if it can make a difference and you can help inspire someone to learn from your hard lessons so that they don't have to repeat things the hard way, that feels pretty good. Brian, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I appreciate you sharing your journey and your advice with myself and with the people who listen to this show. So thank you. Yeah, no, thanks, Tom. I mean, it, it is truly, I'm not just blowing smoke. It's a, it's a cool show that you've got because it feels real. You're an energetic, awesome guy. And uh, clearly people are listening because you're sharing some really, really cool stuff. So thank you for including me in your, in your cool show. <laughs> well, thank you. And next time you come out to uh, 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 the Wizard Academy out in Austin, I literally live five miles away. Let's go have uh, some scotch at their, uh, their scotch tasting room or bourbon tasting room. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. That would be fun. Awesome. Hey, how do people get a hold of you? If they're like, I have to find out more about Brian. Yeah. Where, where do they do that? How do they get Yeah. Connect? So, you know, I'm, uh, we, we talked about social media and, and, you know, that's a great way to connect. If anyone wants to send me a direct message on Instagram, I'm at Brian Scudamore. Um, love to share vision. So one of the things I throw out there is if anyone ever wants to better understand a painted picture, what that looks like, happy to send you mine. Just go on Instagram, send me a note. Uh, There's all sorts of other social channels. And uh, if they're looking for the book, WTF, Willing to Fail on Amazon, world's largest bookstore. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure they've still got a bunch of copies and uh, would be honored to hear what people think. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every time. If it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. I think today you got a double dose of wow from Brian. So if you like the show, jump over and leave a review on iTunes. New reviews make my whole day better. Go tell all of your friends, and I don't just mean two, I mean all of your friends, to subscribe to the show because Amazon, I mean, I'm sorry, iTunes ranks shows based on fresh subscriptions. And the only way I'm going to get that, I've already got all my friends and family to subscribe. I need those of you listening to get other people to subscribe. And when I talk to people who listen to the show, they always tell me they found it because a friend told them about the show. So it's the only way the show is going to grow is if you like it, tell somebody else. Uh, And... Get out there in your business and try something new. We talk about try new things all the time on this show. Uh, You can get those shirts at trynewthings.shop. But I will tell you what, go out there and do it. Try something new. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at tomsinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.